With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. Welcome to Simply Money. We're your trusted financial planning partners and your retirement specialist. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. We make understanding your money simple anytime at simplymoneyadvisors.com. We always like starting off Friday shows with a quick uh, kind of a money honeydew, you know, one of those little quick tasks that you can do that will actually improve your financial life. Or maybe that when you go home and do it, you can look at your, your, at your husband or your wife and go, oh, you'll never guess what I just did. You know evening. what I did today. Uh-huh. You're going to and thank go, me. Oh, that was so nice of you. This is an easy one, too. Uh, yeah, so lay it on me. Call your credit card company tonight, Why? tomorrow, this weekend. Ask them for two things. Mm. A lower interest rate if you carry a balance, which we hope that you don't. Um, And also a higher line of credits. And interestingly enough, if you already have uh, a couple of uh, unwanted bills that you haven't paid off yet, the credit card company, all things being equal, would love to give you more credit because they think, well, you'll go out and actually run up a larger balance. And that's what they meant. They're in the balance business. They're not in the making your life convenient business. So the key to that is you ask for the higher line of credit and then you don't use anymore, which improves something called your credit utilization ratio. That's the number two factor used in deciding your credit score. So the better that ratio is, the higher your credit score is going to be, the more money you're going to save. So we're telling you this is an easy call to make three and four call card holders who call their credit card company and just ask for that lower interest rate and in a lot of cases ask for that higher line of credit get it the problem is nobody's calling it's just like that raise that you're griping about that your boss hasn't figured out is self-evident well obviously it's not self-evident to your boss and so you're trying to muster up the courage to do it maybe this is the first thing you do Go ask your credit card company because I'm telling you, 75% of the time it's going to happen for you unless you've got a whole lot of other ro- things wrong in your, uh, uh, shall we say, your credit profile. Assuming that you get your interest de- rate reduced, this maybe gives you a little confidence then walk into the boss and say, hey, boss, um, and don't say it like that, but I'm just being a little playful for a Friday. Just- that Philadelphia is coming out in you right uh, now. Yeah, sure. Hey, boss. Yeah, yo, boss. <laughs> and uh, Yo, just, Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> just say, listen, um, can we talk about my compensation? And I think you'll feel that you're, uh, you know, hey, get a couple of victories under your belt first. You know, get your credit line raised, get your interest rate reduced. Hey, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to go for uh, three for three. Let's go talk to the boss. That's a great list of money honeydews. Tackle some, those this oh, weekend. Right. Let some us know money, how it goes. Some money honeydews. Let's not turn that maybe into a regular Friday feature. Home buying season is now upon us. And expensive homes, well, they're just getting more expensive. I guess that's... Self-evident, that's why they call them expensive to begin with. The median asking price for a home in the United States hit $300,000 for the first time ever back in March. So what, it, it was just two ninety nine in June or July of last year. We just keep getting a little and a little more and a little more expensive. Uh-huh. This is like how you boil somebody in water. You just kind of slowly keep turning the heat up. Well, and here's the question, I think. Mm. You know, are homes getting a lot more expensive this year? Well, not necessarily. Here's the thing, though. It's all about the timing. 
higher-priced homes tend to come on the market now in the spring. Because uh, think about it. If you have a higher-priced home, and I actually have a, a very good friend who, who who does and put it on the market for a couple of months last year, kind of tested the water, and it wasn't going to work. Nothing. She didn't want to lose out. When you've got a higher-priced home, the difference between uh, you know an interested buyer in September or December, an interested buyer in April, could mean the difference of a lot of money. Sure. Uh, so a lot of people who have those higher-priced homes wait until this time of the year to put them on the market, you want your lawn to look perfect. You want the landscaping to look perfect. You want to get a top-notch dollar. Uh, listing The median listing price. Remember, a median means that uh, half of the people that were surveyed uh, had a listing price that increased greater than this. Half had a listing price that listed uh, that increased by less than this. Uh, the median listing price last year increased by 7%. So there's obviously uh, half of you got a more than a 7% increase in the value of your house. Half of you got less than that. I was just counseling somebody here yesterday at Simply Money uh, at our offices who was finding out after a year and a half, oh, the beautiful kitchen and the beautiful this and the, oh, you're going to love what we did here. Yeah, it all turned into about a $25,000 loss because now they had to move and they had no choice. And that money was not. That's a tough situation when you cannot control the timing and you bought it and it was an investment because you were going to enjoy it. And now someone else may not enjoy it as much and they're certainly not going to pay you as much as you were willing to. So we put all this together. Are are we saying houses getting more expensive, getting less expensive, sort of trending as they always have? I mean, what's the what's your sense? I think the thing to keep in mind here is um, it depends on what you're looking for, but you must, there's some things that you have to do before you're starting to look before you. And and this is the time of the year when you're interested in doing that. And first thing is research an agent before you choose one. And thank goodness there are all these options out there now. Of course, if they're going to be a realtor in 2019, they should have a website. You should ask them, you know, what are the neighborhoods that they've bought and sold in? Do they know a lot about the area that you're in? Do they know a lot about the comps? That sort of thing. You you don't want someone to help you buy a $300,000 home who's only bought or listed $80,000 homes before. It's just not going to work out well for you. I will tell you, the first house we moved in before the house we're in now, it was in Wyoming. We were right down in the village, nice little house. It was actually uh, hundred built in 1878. Real small, very modest. Mm-hmm. I got the night. I got the cheapest house I could in the nicest neighborhood I could find. I Always followed good all of my rules. And then I went looking around and I said, who's going to know what's coming on the market? There's three women that happened to be the, had 90% of all the listings in that community. So I happened to choose a woman named Sue Lewis. Wonderful. Hello, Sue, if you're listening. But, you know, she knew that neighborhood. Then when I said to her, we're going to move to Blue Ash, she said, great. Well, here, I'm going to give you some names over there because I don't know Blue Ash. I'm not going to work over there. I thought that was one of the most professional things that I had ever seen. They didn't say, oh, she yeah. She could have made more money off oh, of you. Yeah. She could have oh, run me out. around. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was not in her bailiwick. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. We're looking at real estate, media homes, some do's and some don'ts. And, uh, you know, one of the things about an agent, Amy, that always gets me is uh, what are they going to do for you? I mean, I think it's okay to actually audition a few agents. Absolutely. And, and you hear what they have to say. What's their marketing budget look like? Because, you know, 6% of your house, when you sell it, will all of a sudden start your shirt real quick about how much you're walking away with. So, oh, my house is worth this. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and then put a realtor fee in there and then see what happens. You know, I'm going to tell you a secret about what, what worked for me at one point. It's not a, we got microphones in front of so us. So it's this not, is not, not really a, big, a secret. Big secret. Uh, so yeah. we were selling a house and we wanted a, a big, well-known, big name who had a big marketing budget behind them mm-hmm. and could get a lot of realtors coming through, a lot of uh, business coming through the house. And we did. And that worked out really well. But then uh, in buying the house, there were other offers in on the house. We wanted someone who was super hungry. And who was going to follow through and follow through and follow through? So we actually ended up getting the house. So we used two different agents. Um, and oh, I don't. They must have loved I'm you. I'm sure they. Did. But you know what? We've done business with both of them since. But here's the thing: we were able to get the house. We had the lowest offer in on it. Um, but because there were other things that our realtor was able to prove about us through through, because in fact she was just so hungry for the business, um, it made sense for us. So just understand, there are lots of options, um, and you have to do what's right for you. Please keep in mind as the retail, uh, excuse me, as the real estate season uh, gets underway and into full bloom, try and find for yourself the least expensive house you can in whatever neighborhood it is that you're looking at. If you want something they want to build on, that's great. I have never lost on a house. I've done two things. I, I in in Cincinnati. Every house I've owned, I've stayed in it at least 10 years. Mm. All right? I all, and that's not the norm. I, I think the I, average is like five or six years. Yeah, now. I think we're more towards uh, maybe seven. We're actually probably coming down given the way we live these days. However, I made sure that I always got the most modest house in the nicest neighborhood I could find, and I never wound up uh, losing money on the transaction. Now, I've been in my last house for 20 years, so you know, got a chance to pay off a mortgage. That was really uh, a lot of fun. Always put at least 20% down. Don't ever pay private mortgage insurance. The only thing private about it is the fact that you wouldn't want to tell anybody how silly you were to have to have not been able to come up with down payment. I think that's why they keep it private, a little secret between you and the bank while they charge you lots of money for that. So make sure you put 20% down and find a house that's below your means and don't You'll be you, told 30% of what you make is what you can afford. That's 30% of your gross. I'll tell you what we like. We like 20% in round numbers. We like 20% of your net. And if no more than 20% of your net's going out for shelter, everything else you want to do in life absolutely You're gonna be okay. becomes possible. Simply money point, buy a home you can afford and uh, not one that you can barely uh, pay the mortgage on each month. If you're within five years of retiring and you want to figure out where the next house once you retire and are no longer working for a living but are uh, getting an income from the money you've put aside with your name on it, go to simplymoneyadvisors.com, click on the contact button at the top of the homepage, I'll be happy to give you a personalized retirement assessment. One man made some drunk online purchases, yeah, and drove up the price of oil worldwide. This is going to be good. Just ahead in three minutes, you'll listen to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. Advisory services offered through Simply Money Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. A copy of our disclosure statement is available upon request. You're listening to Simply Money. We're your trusted financial planning partners and your retirement specialist. I'm Nathan Backrack, along with Amy Wagner. We make understanding your money simple anytime at simplymoneyadvisors.com. There are some retirement questions that every one of you needs to answer. We'll give you the quick test just ahead at 643. Now, We've all had that day. You've had a bad day at work. You just did something like you kind of go, oh, they're going to fire me. My very first job, I worked in a gas station. 
First guy I pumped gas for drove out with the pump in his car. <laughs> That's not then, such a good start. Then the owner said to me, go take that car we just finished out of the garage and bring a new one in. As I was backing it out, I cut the wheel too fast and put the right quarter panel right into the side of the garage. Those are the I, days you don't forget. <laughs> that was my first day at work. I thought for sure I'd be fired. I looked at him and I said, Bob Fallows, never forget his name, had an Atlantic Richfield station. I said to him, Bob, I guess you're going to fire me. He said, fire you? Hell, Nathan, you know how much money you owe me? <laughs> worked there all you're summer. You're going to be working this uh, off for the next few months. And Never made a dime, right? However, and it seems this always happens in uh, London, a 34-year-old broker uh, must have had one whale of a night because he created millions and millions of dollars and drove uh, of losses and drove the entire oil market through the roof and doesn't remember No a thing. memory oh. of it whatsoever. In fact, when the boss called the next morning and said, can we speak to that client who asked you to trade $520 million um, worth of our money? Uh, he was like, wait, wait, who, who, what, what? And then he tried to call into work uh, and saying that uh, there was a family member that was sick as he tried to unravel yeah. everything yeah. that he way, had done. There was a family member. Him. Yes, he exactly. Was a family, and he was sick. Family of one. He was hungover and also sick to his stomach because he just realized he made the biggest mistake of his life. You talk about the impact that one person can have, and we talk about this on the show. You know, our president has a lot of power. Jerome Powell, who is the uh, chair of the, the Fed, you know, our nation's central bank. These people have a lot of power. Joe Schmo in London, 34 years old and wasted at 2 o'clock in the morning, also apparently has way too much driving, power. Driving oil to an eight-month high during a drunken oh, blackout. Prices up more night. than a dollar and a half a barrel in under a half an hour. This took place around 2 o'clock in the morning when uh, this guy was probably under the table and uh, uh, catching a few winks. Uh, it, by the way, yes, he was fined. He was uh, barred from the indus- indus- uh, the investment industry for that. We should be grateful. You, you realize how many and he things? lost his job. AIG had a bad <laughs> unit in London, right? We had some fussing around with uh, the London Interbank overnight rate, LIBOR, which was a rate that sets many interest rates around the world. People were playing with that. Now we have this guy. Maybe after Brexit, if the financial center is no longer in London, maybe, just maybe, that might make a safer place for you you certainly don't mind. want this man in any kind of financial center, no. it sounds like. Every Sunday, we answer your questions in the Cincinnati Inquirer. You can go to Cincinnati.com. You can also read it if you get the hard copy. Go to the end of the driveway. It'll be waiting for you there on Sunday if you uh, don't sneak a peek on the website before. First question we answered was from Susan in Fairfield, who said, Can I use my Roth IRA in order to lower my taxable income? Well, and this is not an uncommon question, Susan, because, of course, everyone's trying to figure out how they can pay less on taxes. Uh, And it's easy to assume that a Roth IRA can help you with that because a traditional IRA does. But this is not the case. The difference with that Roth in front of the IRA, uh, and we talk about this often on the show, there's different buckets of money when it comes to taxes. Uh, You know, when you're you're putting money into a regular IRA or a regular 401k, that's tax deferred. You're not paying money on that until you access the money later. With a Roth, you're paying taxes on it now, so you don't get the same kind of benefits as far as lowering your taxable income. And uh, that pretty much sums it all up. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner as we answer your questions here uh, or we tell you about the questions that we answered that you sent us in Sunday's Cincinnati Inquiry. You can always go to Cincinnati.com. You can also get the hard copy and read the column as well. Carla and Tim from Fort Thomas are asking us the question about downsizing. Could we maybe just let's just hit downsizing the, uh, with one one general answer. 
It doesn't typically work, but good luck and uh, have at it because some you're going to sacrifice something and it's going to be a big adjustment and ultimately saving money for so it, so few of you, I believe at the end, will save any significant amount of money by downsizing. But what you may get is a lifestyle, a location, maybe near grandchildren, by the way, which is, I think, the new growth industry uh, as you get towards retirement. Be near the grandchildren because, you know, somebody's got to babysit when your children are, you know, having busy lives. But downsizing, my personal opinion is I've been looking at thinking about what to do now that all my kids are out of the house. No, I've yet to find a downsizing situation where I'm going, oh, that saved us lots of money. So the backrags aren't downsizing anytime soon is what you're telling us. We might, but it's going to be, It's gonna, you know, this is an often used word. We're going to probably do, if we did it, it would be for a lifestyle. It would be for being able to be closer to walk the stuff. It would be because there would be less steps. It would be because, uh, you know, it's just, not necessarily it, because of to save money. And I think that's what you have to ask yourself. Well, I haven't found, I've yet to find somebody who's walking in our office and said, oh, well, I'm going to go move to this place and I'm going to save so much money and the equity I pull out of my house, I'm going to have an extra $200,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the profit is on your house. If you paid it off, uh, that I'll have something left over that I can use to generate income in retirement. I think that's the concept of, uh, downsizing that everybody says, well, I'm going to pull some of the equity out of my house and that's going to not only will I have a lower uh, a house that's paid off because I'll take part of the sale price and buy a unit with no mortgage, but I'll also have money left over. I'm waiting for the leftover. Yeah. I, I just don't see leftover. Well, I think the key here is to ask yourself a question. If you're thinking about downsizing, why? What is your goal? Is it, is it to save money? Is it because you want less stuff in a smaller place? Is it because you don't want steps and you want to be all on one floor? Is it to get closer to the grandkids? Whatever your answer is to that question, why? What is my goal here? Why am I doing this? Every single decision along the way that you're making needs to be in line with that. So if your goal for downsizing is, say, to save money, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to buy a, lo- a smaller house. Uh, do I get the granite countertops or not? No, I'm trying to save money. Do I get, right, if you're looking at major upgrades, versus, oh, yeah. you, you have to look at everything through that lens of, why am I doing this? And if truly saving money is the number one reason, you have to make sure that every decision you make after you say you want to downsize to save money is right in line with that. There's only one reason. I, we've had this conversation in the back rack house. Here's the deal. The only reason I'm moving from the house that I live in now is because the house I live in now, unless I want to put on a backpack and hike to uh, the shopping district, I'm getting in a car. If, and this is my view of retirement someday, Retirement, the perfect retirement place for me is that wherever it is, I can pull, I get, get there with a plane or if I'm living in, you know, I was looking at a, a Daventry over in Blue Ash. I was thinking, okay, if I could live here and get up in the morning and know that I could walk to anything and everything I want, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, the Walgreens or whatever I else, I'm, if I could walk to everything, all right, that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Otherwise, if I got to get in a car to go wherever I got to go, I'm staying right where I am. Big it's deal. interesting. It's interesting that you say this because I was actually just doing some research today on major trends that are changing in retirement. Uh, I'm a trend. Well, you are part of the trend if you're truly looking at moving downtown or moving to a place that's closer to like an urban core where you can have the kind of experience that you're talking about. Right. Because for so long, retirees uh, were out in the suburbs, right? They just wanted the more relaxed way of life. But what we're seeing is a, a major trend, a shift in the way that a lot of retirees are looking at things. And you can look at downtown and over the Rhine, and there are just as many retirees down there as there are millennials. Well, I was talking with uh, uh, Janet Bodner, who is the uh, uh, just the immediate past editor-in-chief of Kiplinger mm-hmm. Personal Finance, 
and we've decided that the other great driver is grandchildren. She's had four grandchildren pop up out of nowhere. Imagine how that happened. <laughs> in the last four years, all of a sudden, she's not moving anywhere away from Washington, D.C. because she is surrounded by grandchildren. Sure. But we have had clients coming to Simply Money. I say, where are you moving? They go, tell us the city. Milwaukee, Chicago. I'm like, it's cold up there. They go, yeah. But they got grandchildren. That's what warms Because they're their so hearts. sweet and adorable. And, yeah. you know, thank goodness I'm from Cincinnati. My dad's here. My aunt's here. I get tons of help. I can't imagine if we didn't have that Listen, kind of... I by, get it. By the time we have grandchildren in the Backrack family, they're going to be changing the grandchildren's diapers, then they're going to be changing... <laughs> they're going to be wheeling you... And then you, changing mine. They're going to be pushing a be stroller and a wheelchair at the same time. I will leave it at that. <laughs> and if, if, if any of this helps you... <laughs> To have confidence that we can give you some advice on how your retirement can be effective, go to simplymoneyadvisors.com, click on the contact button at the top of the homepage. We've been there, done that, understand that we'll be happy to give you a complimentary retirement assessment. So how bad is your credit card debt? We'll talk about how you see how you stack up just ahead. You're listening to Simply Money. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.